This is Canada HR News for May 30th, 2022. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we cover the latest hiring news from Indeed, employment updates from the government of Newfoundland and Labrador, brain drain resulting from baby boomers retiring from organizations, high levels of occupational stress and compromised mental health among Canadian parole officers, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. Indeed reports that total Canadian job postings on their platform were up 72% on May 20th, 2022, compared to their pre-pandemic level, which is up marginally from a month earlier. New job postings continue to be added at a solid pace, although not quite as quickly as the average rate between February and March. Hiring appetite is elevated across almost all sectors, but recent momentum has been more mixed, with demand in certain high-flying areas such as human resources and construction cooling in recent weeks. Postings in software development have been steady, but at still exceptional levels over the past two months. Demand in food services has surged from earlier this year, surpassing its peaks in late 2021. Strong growth also continues in hospitality and tourism. COVID-19 vaccine regulations in Newfoundland and Labrador will be suspended as of June 1, 2022. These regulations required employees and service providers of certain businesses, facilities, and organizations to be fully vaccinated or have an approved medical exemption. Given the epidemiology of the province, a decision has been made not to extend them at this time. The regulations were developed for those working with vulnerable populations within sectors such as personal care homes, assisted living facilities, home care, charitable organizations providing services to persons in need, and other. The provincial government has also announced the suspension of the mandatory vaccination policy for public service employees on June 1st. According to the provincial government, this policy was one of the tools that assisted with continued safety in the workplace, as well as offered additional health protection for all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, given the evidence of the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccine. Staying with Newfoundland and Labrador, the provincial government released the report from the Minimum Wage Review Committee. The committee was established in January of this year to review input on the minimum wage, on the minimum wage adjustment process, and the wage rate. There was a broad consensus among employees, labor, and advocacy organizations that the minimum wage rate, currently at $13.20 an hour, needs to be significantly higher at least $15 per hour, and on its way to a living wage with annual cost of living increases. The government has announced that on October 1, 2022, the minimum wage will increase by 50 cents, bringing it to $13.70 per hour. On April 1, 2023, the minimum wage will increase by 80 cents, bringing the rate to $14.50 per hour. On October 1, 2023, the minimum wage will increase to $15 per hour. The provincial government is also creating a one-year transitional support program for smaller employers. The program will provide $0.50 cents an hour per employee 
for employers with 20 or fewer employees. The program is application-based and further details will follow on the application process in the coming weeks. Benefits Canada magazine reports that pension and retirement plan members in Saskatchewan can now designate beneficiaries through electronic means. The provincial government recently passed a series of amendments regarding the electronic handling of legal matters. Bill 56 specifically allows individuals to name beneficiaries electronically for certain types of plan, including an employee pension, retirement, welfare or profit-sharing fund or plan, a tax-free saving account, and other plans. Newfoundland and Labrador's government is also considering a similar amendment to the Provincial Pension Plan's designation of Beneficiaries Act to allow for the designation of beneficiaries by electronic means. The amendment has received its first reading. A recent survey from the Harris Poll commissioned by Express Employment Professionals found that many Canadian companies are not taking adequate steps to ensure the knowledge and skills of retiring senior employees are being passed on. As a result, these companies and the successor employees are having to start sometimes from scratch, hurting productivity and resulting in costly training which could have been avoided. The vast majority of Canadian businesses surveyed believe it is a big loss when older employees retire without passing along their years of knowledge to younger employees. Two-thirds of Canadian employees say it is absolutely essential or very important for employees to share their knowledge needed to perform their job responsibilities with others. Yet, only 54% of baby boomers say In preparation for retirement, they have shared all or the majority of knowledge needed for their successors to perform the job after they retire. This number has increased significantly from 2018, when it was 40%. Furthermore, around 3 in 5 believe their employer is taking the right steps to make sure they don't experience a brain drain. When the transfer of knowledge does not happen, employees can be left learning how to do a job on their own, with around 2 in 5 Canadian employees report experiencing it firsthand. To retain the knowledge, it is recommended to use mentorship programs for retiring employees to share their knowledge and skills and to consider semi-retirement options. The Canada-wide Union of Safety and Justice Employees released a report on the mental health and well-being of Canadian parole officers. The report highlights that hundreds of federal parole officers who supervise Canada's highest-risk offenders are experiencing untenable levels of occupational stress and, by extension, compromised mental health. The reality of overwhelming caseloads, as well as ongoing exposure to physical violence and psychological trauma, can potentially undermine public safety outcomes. Federal parole officers repeatedly signaled their concerns about regularly taking on responsibility for many additional offender case files when their colleagues are on leave. In doing so, they bear an even heavier caseload than normal and are managing critical public safety files while not being fully supported to do so. In addition to caseloads, parole officers cite regular exposure to physical violence and vicarious trauma as having an impact on their mental health and how they relate to their families. 
in some cases leading to post-traumatic stress injuries and even death by suicide. In seeking mental health support, parole officers say that counselors provided to them through the Employee Family Assistance Program are rarely effective because they have not been adequately trained in trauma-informed therapies. Among several important recommendations in the report, the union is seeking immediate implementation of reducing caseloads, backfilling offender case management, hiring additional parole officers, increasing mental health treatment and services, and investing in regular, expert-driven and high-quality training opportunities related to managing psychologically traumatic events and cultural awareness. And this was Canada HR News for May 30th, 2022. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcast, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and follow us on Twitter at CADHR News or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.